I, uh, yeah. it's always an honor to, to share the word and uh, to be up here. I have to, um, as we, as we get into the PowerPoint, okay, so I shared this last time. I, you know, every time the word is shared, I believe that the Lord wants to move in the demonstration of the spirit and the power, no matter who's preaching. So I know that some of you last time felt the Lord move on you, but you didn't stand up. So God is a God of second chances, right? The old Veggie Tales song. So today, again, as you, if you feel the Lord move on you, not just because you want to please the, the, pre- the preacher, right? But if you sincerely feel the Lord move on you or you feel that God is touching you or healing you in your body in some way, I want you to stand up just real quick. Then I will acknowledge you and then you can sit right back down because the Lord is going to heal some people today. We're going to talk about uh, the subject is going to be the gospel and healing. And I think it's interesting because... Um, I probably wouldn't normally be here this morning because that's how bad I felt. Um, so I know the distraction that the enemy tries to throw is, is just a smokescreen because he's, he's kind of fearful of what God's going to do in our midst this morning. So I just declare the healing of the Lord is going to be happening in your bodies. Uh, in Jesus' name, that those ailments that you've had for many years are going to begin to break in Jesus' name. And that you're going to begin, uh, I just ask the Lord to turn up the heat just turn up the heat uh, and just the fire of the Lord will just begin to touch you in Jesus' name. And here's the deal. As you begin to stand up when the Lord moves on you, what happens is, is it begins to create a momentum in faith because people see the Lord is moving. And then, and the devil gets scared, right? Because he, I mean, because it's, it's like a tidal wave of faith, what happens. So it's, it's pretty amazing to see. The other thing I was going to say if the Lord has healed you 100% or thereabouts, you think that he has, I want you to also stand up and raise both hands like this, okay? So those are just some of the ground rules as we move forward. Um, so, oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm like bending it, okay? Good? Better? Okay. All right, I'll do it on this side. No? Is that better? Okay, cool. <laughs> so, all right, the other thing I want to share about this verse, it says um, Paul, when Paul was talking about it, he was talking about in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And, um, man, just there's just been a, a drained feeling that I've had uh, since this morning. Um, and, and leading into last night, I didn't get hardly any sleep. I used to be able to do that when I was younger. Um, now that I'm a little older, it's hard to, to not have a lot of sleep. And then, of course, when I, when I came here, I, I uh, bless the Lord for those people that bring the umbrellas out. That, that's always awesome. And I tried to close it when I came in because I was done with it, and it wouldn't close. And I realized it was because my finger was in the way. Um, so I smashed my finger, and that, that, you know, that, that woke me up a little bit. So all these distractions, um, but God is good. And uh, so, so we're going to get moving here in just a second. But... I had some words for some people, but I uh, see his gauge in here. Yeah, okay, there you are. <clears throat> so I just want to share this real quick. I saw, um, this is a couple weeks ago, as you were playing drums, there was a certain point on a certain beat where there was like this thick, dark clouds, and you could see lightning bolt, excuse me, you could see the lightning kind of behind the clouds, kind of like you'd see on a dark uh, day with, with the storm uh, behind it. And every now and then when, when you would clash the symbol, there was a lightning bolt that would flash down from heaven. And so I know that you hear sometimes how anointed your worship is on drums. Um, but, I, but I just felt I was to release to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would really know the effect that it does have. Uh, it's more than just your skills that we're experiencing here. There is, a, there is an anointed, you know, and so I was just enjoying the show as I was seeing the vision in my mind. And you know, and I know that everybody gets stuff here, and we sometimes don't know what to do with it. We, we're sometimes not supposed to share it. And so I didn't know if I was going to be sharing it. I thought, oh, I'm just going to, you know, enjoy this. But today I felt the release and before the preaching uh, that you needed to hear that. And then the other thing is, is that um, it, it just brings an assault on the powers of darkness. It's not something that you have to try to understand or figure out in your natural mind. But also I just felt like, you know, just keep your heart clean because sometimes the enemy will throw thoughts our way uh, to, to try to get us to say things like, look how good I am, or 
where would this church be without me? Those aren't your thoughts, by the way, but he knows that he can't resist you, so he wants God to resist the proud, and he tries to set us up by pride sometimes. So um, so the other thing, he's, he's afraid of you. Um, I mean, he hates the drums. He's terrified of that, but he hates you as a son of God. So you just need to know that he's afraid of you. Um, and so know that your identity is not in your playing, but nevertheless, I feel like you needed to hear again the, the, the anointing that it brings, the havoc that has wreaked on the powers of darkness by loving God through your playing drums. And that's what you're doing. Amen? All right, so praise God. Yes, amen. So the, <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to say, um, if your name doesn't happen to be called on today, it's okay because, you know, the scripture says to rejoice with those who rejoice. And, uh, and to weep with those who weep. So you, you will set yourself up for a breakthrough when you rejoice in others' breakthrough and you're not getting it or you feel lousy. This person got healed and you really needed healed. So just, just rejoice with, with others and, um, and you'll see what, what God does through that. So it's, it's pretty good. Uh, and the other thing is, is, as I share some of these words, the litmus test for prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. And it's also, how would I feel if I was sharing this to myself, right? Uh, if it's uncomfortable, if it's, you know, yucky, then it's probably not a good, good plan. So anyway, <clears throat> just, uh, just a little tidbit there as, as other words might come forth. So, all right, let's see here. I need to see where the next slide is because I don't remember what I've got. All right, the gospel and healing. So we'll see how far we get with this because I got a lot of stuff It's always... <coughs> It's always trying to figure out what God wants to say versus what I want to say. And, um, and so hopefully he wins today. But um, <clears throat> so we're going to talk about displaying the gospel of the kingdom with an emphasis on healing. And what I want to do is I want to go ahead and play that first video clip, if you would. Hopefully there, there will be sound. So that was, couldn't find the English translation, but I did ask a friend to translate. Uh, I don't, I don't want to share all the words, but he basically had to have surgery on his brain from a bicycle accident, and he was not able to get out of the wheelchair for eight years. So it's pretty quick, uh, pretty gospel. It's just, it's just the gospel. Um, so I want to throw some stats here at you. Wherever Jesus went, he ministered healing to hurting people. Basically, one-fifth of the gospel accounts are devoted to Jesus' healing ministry. And I've got the verses there, 727 out of 3779. That's how you get 19.23%. It includes the circumstances, methods, effects on patients and onlookers. Uh, The attention given to healing ministry of Jesus is far greater than any one kind of experience recorded in the Bible, including salvation. He delivered all who came to him from every kind of sickness, oppression, and even death. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is many of the healings were apart from any kind of preaching or getting people to follow him. Out of the 40 instances that are in, in the gospel, 34 of them, or 85%, he healed without even preaching the kingdom or making them follow him, which again just emphasizes the fact that, yes, be ready to catch men, but make love always the priority. The gospel is good news of healing, salvation, and deliverance, and it's all in the same package. It's not just the forgiveness of sins. Um, in Acts 14, 9 through 10, there was a man that was crippled from, his, uh, from birth, and it says that Paul saw that he had faith to be healed, and he, stand, he said, stand straight up on your feet. So the question that I always find interesting is, why did this man have faith to be healed as a cripple, if Paul was preaching the gospel that was only forgiveness of sins. It's like, yeah, you can be forgiven of your sins. Hey, I can get healed. I mean, it doesn't, you know, there's, there's a disconnect. There. There's something that Paul was preaching that was more than just being forgiven of your sins. And I believe he was sharing testimonies. I believe he was sharing the ministry of Jesus because it's the gospel. Um, it's the gospel in action. Healing and deliverance is the gospel in action. So God's love is expressed through healing in, in various ways. Now, a year from now, I may emphasize these points differently. 
I may have more understanding on them. There's a lot that I don't know. There's a lot that I don't do. More of you have seen more healings and breakthroughs than I've seen. This isn't about, you know, this is just, you know, we're all learning together and we just want to have, uh, we, so there's, there's some things we're going to talk about today that if we can get these as a foundational basis, uh, we'll begin to see healings in our own life and in the church in a more regular, uh, accelerated pace, I believe. Um, so that's, I mean, that's, that's the goal always, right? That's the mission statement. So, so here's, here's a few of them. God's love language is healing. First of all, he re, um, healings and miracles uh, through the gospel, it, it reveals the nature and the heart of God. It destroys the works of the devil. First John 3, 8, Hebrews 1, 3 tells us that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Uh, number two, it reveals the glory of God. John 2, 11, you know, he manifested his glory and his disciples believed on him, it says. Uh, Matthew 9, 8, the crowds glorified God at the healings and miracles. So healing, it just, it's the glory of God in action. Number three, it helps people hear from heaven. In Acts 8, 6 through 8, when the people saw the signs and miracles that Philip performed, it said they paid close attention. It got their attention, right? Western culture um, has, you know, we've, we've really gotten de- um, desensitized to the supernatural like, like it's make-believe. Um, and sometimes... You know, 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. That needs to be a reality for people. They need to see that it's, it goes beyond DC and Marvel. You know, that's all make-believe, right? But there is a real power. There is, you know, I mean, the power of God is real. Uh, you know, as, as you'll, you'll experience today and, and as you feel the Lord move on you and, his, um, and even through your life, I mean, so, so the fourth thing then is that it exposes sin and it brings people to a decision. So you remember Peter, um, after the Lord had did the miracle, you know, they fished all night and he he said, now cast your nets on on this side of the boat. And they did, and they got a great multitude of fish. And what did Peter do? He said, depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Now Jesus didn't, didn't say anything to him. He just simply performed a miracle and that brought a conviction to repentance and to forsake everything to follow Jesus. So you see why, you know, it's also kind of fun for me because I kind of get to nitpick, right? I, I'm not, I, I'm in a different season now. You know, I was a pastor for a while and, and I've got hard stuff. Bless you, amen, sorry, thank you. <laughs> yeah, if I don't see you, just, <clears throat> but uh, you get to stand for a long time until I f- forget my own thing, right? <laughs> so, you know, I have hard subjects that, um, that, I, that I have down the pike at some point uh, tougher subjects, but right now I get to cherry pick, and one of my favorite is just the, the power of God, the gospel, you know, and and um, so that's why I'm, and this was on my heart anyway, so, um, and the fifth thing then is it can bring cities to repentance. In Luke ten thirteen, Jesus scolded a couple of cities. Uh, he said, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works, the mighty works means dunamis, that's Acts 1-8, the, the same power that we receive, the Holy Spirit, which were done, had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. Bless you, in Jesus' name, keep doing it, Lord. So think about that. If the mighty works which were done in this entire city, they, the whole city, would have been in sackcloth and ashes. Now imagine what would happen if we continue to see wheelchair people be healed and cancers healed here at this place, imagine what it's going to do, the impact it'll have on the city, right? So again, we're not just in all the googly signs, miracles, wonders, the the funky stuff, because listen, the devil has imitation for everything and every serious move of God, the devil will try to throw things in to scare people, but that doesn't stop us from going after the real. And when you go after the real, uh, it, it, it changes lives, it transforms cities. And this is what Jesus was talking about here. So so throughout history, there have been some key mindsets, some key ideologies, uh, and, and Karen and I, as we've uh, pastored and, and discovered some of these as well, um, we've had th- th- some of these things we talk about. People that have had the greatest success in healing ministry have believed or tried to go after these things that I'm about to share with you. So are you ready? Yeah. All right, let's, let's see what they are. Sorry about the thing there, but... Um, that actually says belief, not beanie or binner, <laughs> whatever. Um, so number one, 
they believe that they have the same mission as Jesus. Okay? His mission is our mission. John 17, 18, just as you sent me into the world, even so I sent them into the world. Just as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. Jesus told them in Luke 24, 49, to wait for the promise of the Father, which you've heard of me, um, which, uh, <clears throat> which you've not received yet. Uh, when you receive him, you're going to receive power, right? After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And, and so in Acts 1.8, that was the fulfillment of that. Well, we know that Jesus himself did not begin his ministry until he had the fullness of the Spirit come on him. The power of God, the, the healings and all that stuff was so important to Jesus that he did not let his church leave until they received the Holy Spirit. That's how important it is. Um, and then John 14, 12 to 14, Jesus said, greater works than these you will do. So his expectation is, is there's going to be greater works. And I've looked at this many different ways. Bless you in Jesus' name. Keep doing it, Lord. Keep touching, keep healing. Remember, 80, if you get totally healed, so check out your bodies because, listen, this is just God working, okay? So just test out things you couldn't do and see. So, um, so I lost my train of thought now. Where was I? <laughs> Greater things, thank you. Yes, his expectation. Yeah, I've looked at this different ways, and even though it could be also interpreted that the more people you have, the greater that works, but that's, that's not the context of it. It's individuals doing greater works than Jesus, and he did some pretty amazing stuff, as you know. So that, that's his expectation. Then in Mark uh, 16, 15 to 18 and 20, uh, we don't have to read the whole thing there, but, you know, here it is, go into the world, preach the gospel, and he that believes baptized will be saved, he that does not believe will be condemned, and here's the signs that will follow those who believe. And it's casting out demons, speaking with new tongues, taking up serpents. Uh, this is probably not physical, obviously, but uh, the devil is referred to as in demons as serpents and scorpions in Luke 10, 17 through 20. So you can move out those things. In, in Luke 10, 17 to 20, Jesus, uh, the disciples were so excited because they said, man, we could even cast out demons in your name. Right, so it's picking up those serpents. It's getting them out of the way. Uh, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So the only thing that you have to do is be a believer here. Those who believe, that's it. Every one of us are qualified because we have a pair of hands. It says lay hands on the sick. And, and, and really you can even, you know, like, it doesn't even have to be hands, right? It can be, I mean, it just depends on, you just touch them is, is the point, right? Uh, and, and there's a transference that takes place. And the Lord was working with him, confirming the, the word with the accompanying signs. So you don't have to be in the fivefold. In fact, it's the fivefold that trains the body how to do these things, and then the body does it, right? That's, that's the idea. Uh, so uh, that's why we have a prayer team with many facets and styles and, and, and everything. It's because they're doing the work of Jesus every time, praying and prophesying and, and seeing people healed. Um, so... The other thing that I wanted to mention, re remember we've talked about uh, in one of, the, one of the other ones that I taught, um, how that it talks about the fruit of the Spirit is singular, even though there's nine manifestations of it, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Talked about how 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says that it's the manifestation of the Spirit, and it's, in, it's shown in nine different ways. We talked about that, and how that uh, we would never say of the fruit of the Spirit, oh, I don't need long-suffering. Or I don't need peace, right? We know that intuitively, because the Holy Spirit is in us, we get love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and so forth. And so it is with the gifts or the manifestations of the Spirit. It's whatever is needed in the moment. That's, that's what you have because you have the Holy Spirit, and He will minister what is needed. So I have another video here, and I'll kind of explain it. So go ahead and do the second video, if you would.
Amen. So, so here, here's why uh, there's a lot of things we can learn from that. Word of knowledge, working of miracles. I mean, you need the whole package, right? But so, um, but what if, you know, you can't say, well, that's not my ministry, right? Like that person would have never gotten free if, you know, Chris or whoever said, well, sorry, I don't do the casting out demons thing. That's not my calling, uh, you know, but it's all believers, folks. It's, it's just who believes. We don't need to, yeah, we who believe. We don't need to focus so much on distinguishing what the gift is, rather just let the Holy Spirit do the, do the because he's doing the work anyway, right? He's the one that's setting people free. We just care about their freedom. Uh, and then Matthew 10, 8, as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you receive, freely give. So you just say one thing, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and then you do four things if it's needed, right? I mean, it was just, there wasn't, you got to get Jesus to follow you, and you got to get him in the church, and that's all important. I mean, you saw Chris do that. He made sure she repented, received Jesus, right? Can't cast out demons. They'll come back seven times worse if Jesus isn't there when the demons come knocking. But, you know, the point was is that just whatever was needed, Holy Spirit told him, and bam, she got she got delivered. And um, so they believe that they have the same mission as Jesus. We have the same mission as the, these scriptures and, and there's there's some other ones but you get the point <laughs> so number two. <clears throat> oh man 12 o'clock I will go as fast as I can uh, <laughs> so they believe that healing is in the atonement throughout history those that have the greatest breakthrough in healing believe that healing is a part of the atonement so what this means is how many of you believe that Jesus' blood forgives and covers every one of your sins? Amen. Amen? All right, we believe that. How long did it take? It was just like that. You received Jesus, born again, bam, you were washed clean. You were instantly almost like transported back in time 2,000 years ago, crucified with Christ, buried with him, and raised up again. I mean, just all just... You know, and you had to have be water baptized so you could identify with that. There's an actual thing that happens. But so look at these verses. Verse four, surely Jesus has borne NASA, our sicknesses, Chloe, and carried Sabal, our pains, macabre. The reason I point those out is some of the translations say griefs and sorrows, and it makes no sense. The literal translation is sicknesses and pains. Who knows why they put griefs and sorrows? But anyway, that was King James English, I guess. So, um, so we see that in verse four. And then in verse 12, we have, and he, Christ, was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many. So notice the same word in verse 12, Nasa, which he bare our sins. We all believe that. In verse 4, it says he bare our sicknesses. The very same word that is used that we all believe that Jesus took all my sins away is the same faith that we need to believe that he took all my sicknesses away. And now, this is a key foundational thing because... The devil has lied to us. Sometimes the church has lied to us. Sometimes our experiences have not lined up with what the word says, and we've believed our experiences rather than the truth. So this is not a rebuke. It's just because, hey, I've got ailments that I'm still dealing with. I'm not walking in the total wholeness that Christ has paid for, but I know that I will never get there if I don't believe that this is still true today. You have to believe the word of God above your circumstances, above what your body is telling you. Above, I mean, that's just simple... Faith 101, right? <coughs> so both of these words mean substitution. Christ bore our sicknesses in the very same way that he bore our sins. So I have to ask, is there any sin that he's not already taken? Is there any sickness that he's not any bo already bore? So when we view sickness as being illegal and God's not putting sickness on someone to punish them or to have them bear their cross because he already put it on Christ instead, when we have the right theology then we have great faith to be able to pray for anybody's healing. Because right. otherwise, I have to distinguish, now is God punishing that one? You know, Jesus, Jesus, you know, he healed all of them except those that the Father was punishing. You just don't see that. The same ones that were in that crowd were scoundrels. I mean, they were, they were bad people, just like you and I. And Jesus healed them all. So, um, so the, the idea of, salvation uh, and 
the forgiveness of sins, salvation and healing, it really throughout the New, Old, uh, excuse me, New Testament it is conveyed through the word sozo. <coughs> so the word sozo means essentially to save from disease, sickness and its effects. Salvation and healing were so closely related that in the New Testament, many times it was the one word used to describe both situations. For example, Acts 4, 9, the lame man made whole, sozo. Acts 4, 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be sozoed. Sozo, it's the same word, whether it's eternal salvation or healing. They didn't distinguish it like we do in our English Bibles. Chapter 14, 8 through 10, faith to be sozoed. That's the man that we talked about that was born crippled. Acts 16, 31, you will be saved, you and your household will be sozoed. Luke 8, 49 and 56, fear not. This is the, the young la lady that was dead. Believe only and she will be made whole. She'll be sozoed. <coughs> so now we're talking resurrection. Whether it's healing, resurrection, they need to get saved. Doesn't matter. They're all part of the atonement. It was all part of it. Now, if you're still not convinced, 1 Peter 2.24 says this, um, who, is, who himself bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Isaiah 53.5, you are healed. So kind of in the Old Testament, they were looking ahead and pulling that to the now. I am healed because of what Jesus is going to do, even though they didn't know it was Jesus. There was just this Messiah, this promise, and then here in the New Testament, we look back to what he did. That's why it says you were healed. The, the, the pinnacle of history is really the cross, right? But here, here's the point that I want to bring with this. By his stripes you were healed. The Greek word is that right there, that I word, I-A-O-M-I-A-I. It's used 28 times in the New Testament, and it is always exclusively used for physical healing. So to make sure that we're not confusing spiritual healing with physical healing, Peter made sure that he used Iom, Iom, whatever that I word is to say that this is talking about physical healing here. Because we were sp healed spiritually, yes, but we were also healed physically. There's physical healing that you can receive just through the atonement. Just realizing that revelation can set you free. That, oh, you mean he put it on Christ and... It wasn't because of that sin that I did 10 years ago that I think I repented of, but I want, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? It's like the devil likes to lie to us about stuff. So man, we, we clear that junk out, then we can really by faith receive what the Lord has already done for us. Amen? Faith is looking to the word of the promise of God. Numbers 21.8, the Israelites were bitten by these fiery serpents and God had a, a brazen serpent that was lifted up. And he said, everyone bitten when he looks on it shall live. And the point was just to look, Right? Abraham refused to look at his body, but at the promise of God. Sarah refused to look at her weakened body. It's because sometimes what happens is we don't feel anything happening. We can't base our faith on feelings. It has to be on what the word says, right? And so, and we see these heroes of the faith. You know, I love this one, Jonah. In the belly of the whale, or fish, we don't know if it was a whale, he called his symptoms lying vanities, while he was still in it, right? He said, I will look again towards this holy temple when he's got seaweed wrapped around him and he can't see anything because it's pitch black. You see how faith doesn't go by sight. It goes by what the word says. Sarah didn't consider her age. I already said that one. And then Peter, he's walking on the water. The waves were no higher. The wind was no more boisterous when he was looking at Jesus as when he got his eyes off. He stood on solid ground when his eyes were on Jesus. That's faith. It's looking to Jesus. So, all right, next one here, point three. They believe all sicknesses of the devil, not of God. Throughout history, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God is good all the time. Jesus said you'll have a divided house if you're trying to cast, you know, Satan cannot cast out Satan. God doesn't put sickness on his children, right? So it's, it's just the same thing. Oh, you know, the Father's teaching him a lesson. No. Suffering in the New Testament is because of following Jesus, not because of sickness. Who God has revealed is in his names, and one of his names is Jehovah Rapha. He doesn't change his name. Number four, they understand the believer's authority. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can't really see this one. 
So I put together a, an Excel that has all 40 acts of Jesus healing. And then the book of Acts has 31 acts of healing. <coughs> Talks about did Jesus require their faith? Did their own faith deliver them? What was the cause and source of the affliction? The style or method that was used? You know, one of these days we'll go through this on a more, maybe a teaching uh, school kind of a thing or something. But all that to say, what I want to point out from this Excel is that, well, th this is an interesting stat. 13 of the 40 instances of healing, so that's th about 33% were demons. So I know we can't say hard and core, you know, we go by percentages because if the book's written, contained, you know, the world wouldn't be able to contain the things that Jesus did. But I think it's interesting that demons showed up a lot as the source of affliction. And we give them names today because we're Western culture. We don't believe in demons. So, um, but notice the third category there. Uh, where is it? This doesn't have a pointer. Okay, right here, style or method used. Command, declaration, 55% of the time. Touching, laying hands, 38% of the time. 7%, it doesn't tell us. Prayer or asking God to heal them, zero. Now, I'm all for praying for the sick. I do it. Bill Johnson does it. Everybody does it. But there's an element where that we use our authority that we command. We speak to the situation. Eric was quoting Luke. Mark 11, 22 through 24. You know, um, have the God kind of faith. For so whoever shall say, Father, speak to this mountain, let it be removed. No, I just misquoted scripture. You didn't catch it. Didn't, didn't say, Father, you speak to the mountain. He said, you, whoever speaks to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He will have whatever he says. There's an element of authority that in the Gospels and in Acts, you never see them praying. You always see them commanding or declaring or just simply touching. So to me, that speaks something. I don't have one instance, right? Please challenge me on it if you can find one that I'm missing. I can think of some that are close, uh, and, and I'm going to share a couple of those. But, um, you know, so... You know, Jesus said, peace, be still. Everything has ears in the spirit realm, right? So you can speak to trees, you can speak to mountains, you know, whatever. Uh, he, he cursed the fig tree. Um, you know, Jesus said, arise, take up your bed and walk, stretch forth your hand. Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. According to your faith, be done. Come out of the man in clean spirit. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Acts chapter 4, the church was beginning to experience some threat. And they said, Lord... Stretch forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders could be done through, this, through, your, through your holy child, Jesus. And what was God's answer? He filled them with the Holy Spirit. He said, okay, here you go. Now go do it. And then it says, and great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Christ. Because they were just refilled again. With the, okay, remember guys, here's what the Holy Spirit was given. Remember Acts chapter 1. So it's legal to pray for more, but remember, the more is going to come in you first so you can, because we're the body of Christ. We, we, we channel, that's the Holy Spirit that Chris was talking about there. Uh, a lot of verses for this. Acts 3, you know, silver and gold do I have, have I none, but such as I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Again, he knew it wasn't their own power because Acts 3.12, he says, why do you look on us as though we did it? But again, it was just, it was just get up. You know, it, it, was, it was not asking the Lord to do it. Um, Matthew 7, 21, we know that there were disciples who were casting out demons and such. And Jesus said, depart from me, I never knew you. These guys knew there was an authority that they were able to walk in and they didn't even know Jesus the right way. How, bless you in Jesus' name. Okay, <laughs> I was just making sure. <clears throat> uh, so how many more when God, God's people really love him that we should be able to walk in these things? So here's some of the Believer's Authority scriptures. Uh, I'm going to move fast here, but I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions. I give you power against unclean spirits to heal all manner of sickness and disease. I give you power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. So um, it's, just, it's just everywhere. Now, praying for the sick is scriptural because James 5, 14 and 15 tells us to do that. 
we've, we've declarations, change the mood, change the atmosphere, prophesying over people. Uh, but it isn't an interesting in the gospel in the book of Acts. They never asked. They always commanded. They spoke. You know, you speak to the situation. You command the need to be healed. You, you command, you know, uh, you know, this demon, we command it off in Jesus, whatever it is. You speak to the situation and see what God does from that. Um, all right, number five, they cry out in secret and they take uh, risks in public. That's another one. There's a faith that waits on God to move and only move when I see him move or only speak what I hear him speak. But there's another kind of faith that it's a, um, I guess it's a, a creative kind of a faith, a trusting kind of a faith. In other words, it's like in you know several of the parables where um, he gave them the talents and then he left. It's like, here you go. Do something with what you've been given, right? If I had to be told everything that I had to do at work all the time, and that, that's just, that's not going to go very well. For my, you know, I need to have a little bit of ownership. I need to have a little bit of um, responsibility, you know, testing, trying things out. That's more of the servant realm. The servant is everything has to be told me to do. Sonship is I've entrusted and empowered you, my son, to run the business, Right? Do the works of the Father. God makes us stewards of the kingdom. And we have more choice and creativity on how to accomplish that than we realize sometimes. Until the woman touched his garment, people didn't do that. Until people started declaring metal dissolving in people's bodies, that didn't happen. It's not in Scripture, but it's legal. It was a creative thing, right? You have to take risks looking totally stupid and suffering shame for his name if you're going to be in the healing ministry. You want to play it safe and have a hundred percent success rate by never praying. That'll be that'll be the safe way to go. And I've got a lot of, you know, I'm zero and two on resurrections. Not very happy about it. <laughs> I'm serious. I, it's not you know it's it's kind of uh, bothers me. And this wasn't people at the end of their time. This was they were cut short in life. That is an injustice because yeah. he told me to go raise the dead and I wasn't able to do it. Now, I can't do it anyway, but you see the point that it, that it gets at your craw a little bit. It's like, you know, he expects us to continue to go after breakthrough in these areas because God has given us the Holy Spirit to do the impossible through us. We have to be a people that believe that nothing is impossible with God. Otherwise, we'll always cut God short. Uh, and sometimes our experiences get in the way with that. Um, so, Acts 16, Paul knew that he was called to preach the gospel and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let him go here wouldn't let him go here and wouldn't let him go here. And finally, he said, come over here. Uh, so he, he knew God's heart and he kept trying and he kept going after it. And finally, the Holy Spirit led him to the right place. So it's scary, it's unpredictable, but faith is sometimes spelled R-I-S-K. Amen. Number six, the hungry are filled. Typically, your level of breakthrough in the supernatural, healing, miracles, all that stuff is going to be largely rel related to the hunger that you have for them. There was only one disciple that was willing to get out of the boat. And Jesus didn't make the others do it. There's no, I don't want there to be pressure today in the, in the wrong kind of sense. It's not condemnation. It's, hey, there's a higher ground that we can come up to. We realize that it's for the little old me's that can do this, as Randy Clark says. And so the other thing I want to say is not everybody here is going to be the next Todd White. But just minister healing to your family right where you are or a few of those people that, are, that you work with or associated with. You don't have to be a great healing evangelist to, to see people heal through your hands. Just simply right where you are, be salt and be light. Because um, we all have the responsibility of ministering the gospel. We can't get out of that one. right? But, uh, but again, there's, there, there, there's, no, there's not this extra pressure here just like Jesus didn't do for the other disciples. By the way, I have eight of these, so we're almost done. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, it's not going back. All right, well, I'll just tell you what number seven is. Yay, there it is. All right. They have enduring faith. In other words, they're persistent. Because there will be many disappointments on your journey because we're in a warfare. And sometimes, you know, casualties happen, stuff sucks. I mean, it just, bad things happen sometimes. And Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. And it's real easy sometimes to say, God, why did this happen? 
you know, the same faith I had for this person to be healed and they were, did not work for this person and they weren't healed. And I wanted them more healed than this person because this is my relative. <laughs> I don't even like, you know, so it's like, is this a lottery? No, I mean, it's like, it's okay to be legitimately asking the Lord questions like that. But remember, it's blessed is he who is not offended. And just learn to, you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to keep going for it. I'm going to keep going for it. Uh, we don't quit or give up regardless of the outcomes. That's the lessons in Luke 18, you know, with the widow. Men ought always to pray and not quit, not faint, not give up. The friend at midnight that was bothered for the bread, Luke 11, wasn't because he was friends that he got the bread. It was because I want him to shut up. I'm trying to sleep. God says this is the same way we're to approach some subjects. That means some breakthroughs only happen through persistence, not because you're a son. And that's a hard lesson because, I, you know, I, I don't totally understand it, but it's kingdom. Continue to press, persevere, and, and, and God just rewards that kind of faith. He, he does. So uh, let's see here. Where am I? Oh, yeah, let me, uh, let me read one more quick story here. Persistence and being tenacious in what you believe is the true test of real faith. This is uh, William Branham. There's an example here. Someone crippled, um, excuse me, someone carried up a crippled Mexican girl who had never walked in her life. She looked horribly deformed, her back curved severely, and her legs hung shriveled and useless. Without a flinch of doubt, Bill began to pray for the girl's deliverance. Five minutes passed, 10, then 15. Bill was not worried. He knew God would do it. How long it took was not important. 20 minutes passed, then 30, but continu Bill continued to softly plead for God, for the girl to be freed. An hour passed, then an hour and a half. Audience was getting restless. Um, after one hour and 45 minutes, the little gr Mexican girl screamed. Her back popped as she straightened her spine for the first time in her life. And the audience went, w went wild with relief as the crippled girl stood on her spindly legs and walked off the platform holding Bill's hand. Now, I'm not saying we have to change the way we do prayer. T I mean, nobody wants to stand for an hour and 45. Nobody wants to pray an hour and 45. But here's the point, is that there are situations where how bad we want something, you know, yeah, let's, let's take this out, out of church and we'll go and we'll, we'll spend the evening at my house and we'll just keep praying. I, I mean... You know, and I don't have the faith for what he just did there, honestly, yet. I, I, I'll just be, I'm just being honest. I'm not there yet. I would be struggling in an hour and 45 minutes if I hadn't seen some kind of an indication that something was happening. I'm just being honest. But those that have seen the greatest breakthroughs somehow persevered, and they pressed through what was offensive and what was hard. And that's what we have to do sometimes. If we really want to see some breakthrough. Uh, this is what people have done historically. Um, and, and the other thing I would say is sometimes we need enduring faith to walk alone. Because some people will get mad at you and you pray an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> you know? And so, the, you know, we're not trying to make people mad, but they have to be wanting to receive what you're giving them. But um, you understand, it's just sometimes there's an offense that comes. Um, and so we just have to be aware of that. Last one here. They understand that healing is not about them. You'll get burned out and get the wrong motives if you think healing is about you. They understand the divine tension between you go heal the sick and why do you look at us as though we did it? Well, which one is it, God? It's both. Both truths run in parallel. There's a co-laboring aspect, but even co-laboring is a from a place of rest and not striving, right? That's why, you know, even though I was weak this morning and all that, it's not, I'm not performing, it's just you, you just, you just trust God. You just rest in God and let him do it. Here's two things that I've learned. Well, <laughs> I mean, the other thing with the striving thing is you can never work up a word from God or make somebody get healed. It's like trying to make a cat obey you. It's just not gonna happen, <laughs> right? So don't even try. But there's two things that I've learned the hard way. Number one, my identity is not what I do or how I perform. 
And number two, there's no difference between the secular and the sacred. So getting words, healing the sick, has nothing to do with performance, worth, or holiness. remember praying for a lady one time at church. I was praying for her shoulder. I said amen, and she didn't. She just kept standing there, eyes closed, receiving. Okay, I guess I'll just keep going. So I continued to pray for her, and about five minutes later, it's getting long, it's lunchtime, I'm getting hungry. Um, She opens her eyes and says, what's going on? She says, well, after you were done, you know, the Holy Spirit went down to her rib area and was touching her rib. And then he moved down slowly and went down into her knee and touched her knee. And then he went down to her ankle and healed her ankle. And I had nothing to do with it, except I was the conduit that started the prayer. It wasn't about me. God wanted to go beyond me because I was done five minutes ago. <laughs> Secondly, there's no job that is secular in the kingdom. Even giving a cup of water has reward. How you live outside the church bears as much weight as it does what you do in ministry. Remember Romans 13, 1 to 5, talks about the minister of God, and the minister of God was a policeman, basically, a soldier that carried the sword not in vain. Why? Because all authority is ordained of God, whether they're secular or religious or not. So that means every job position, because it's a position of authority, is ordained of God. So how you walk in your job is a reflection of kingdom because your job was ordained by an authority and authority is of God. You see it? Even if you're self-employed, Jesus said, well, masters, you have a master in heaven. So you can't get out of that one either. Okay, so... Um, so... <clears throat> Be a person of your word, be a person on time, trustworthy, well-spoken of, represent Christ well. Look at this, Psalm 104, 23 to 24. It says, man goes out to his work and to his labor until evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works. I never associated my working as being a work of the Lord until I read that verse. You're doing the work of God by being a, a housewife, by being a computer scientist, by being digging ditches. It's all kingdom. There's no variance. Whatever you do, you do it as hardly unto the Lord. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. It's all, you know, Jesus worked as a carpenter for 30 years, or or excuse me, for at least 18, right? At 12 years of age, he was about his father's business, right? And then about 30 years of age is when he began his ministry, that we call, you know, the Messiah ministry, if you will. So 18 years of just being a carpenter and he was in the will of God, right? We have to believe that Jesus was always in the will of God and he was just doing work. So I want us to go after healing and the gospel, but we have to be careful that we don't think that one thing is more important than the other. A mission trip is not necessarily more important than doing your job unless God has told you to go on the mission trip and you're using job as your excuse not to, right? So it just depends on what is the Spirit of the Lord working in your life. The other thing I would say is that everybody has seasons in life that they go through. And sometimes you might be in a winter season and you would never, a farmer would never try to reap or sow in the wintertime. That would be dumb. He would just, I mean, it's time to rest. It's time to hibernate, right? Whatever. So sometimes we have people in winter seasons, and then other times we have people, I mean, they're working hard because that's what they're supposed to do right now. And we feel condemned, or we feel whatever, because these guys are doing it and you're not, or whatever. And so it's just, just, and, and this happens in many facets in your life. You know, sometimes you have winter winter areas of your life and other times you have spring and summer and so there should be no condemnation from today right I do want to you know stir up your faith to go after the Lord for healing based on what we talked about here not only for yourself you know it was in the atonement but also for the fact that we're commissioned to do the same things that Jesus did but but I have to make that distinction that you know don't judge your progress by somebody else's necessarily right 
Your life is your life unto God. You know if you're in the will of God or not. Holy Spirit will let you know it. If you're shirking your duties and you're supposed to be on the front line or whatever it is, he'll let you know. He's, uh, he just, he's just good that way. Amen? All right. So we're going to close it out now. So it's, okay, 1230. I'm sorry it's a little late, but um, let me just throw a, a couple of words of knowledge out there and see if these land, okay? Is there an April 4th birthday? April 4th? No April 4th? Grandsons? Okay, yeah. All right, well, no April 4th. What about an April 7th? No April 7th? No anniversary? Your wife's birthday? April 7th. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. So you can just share this verse with her. It's Joshua 1, 7 through 9. It just says, only be strong and very courageous that you observe to do according to all that's written in the law. Do not turn to the right or the left. This book shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate day and night to observe all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have great success. Have not I commanded you to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I'm guessing she just needs encouragement to be strong in the Lord. You know, just focus on that. The other... um, I have no idea what this, I think this is a movie, 47 Ronin. Has anybody seen that lately? No lately? Okay. 47 Ronin, it's some, okay, never heard of it. Okay, communities, all right. So, okay, well, we'll keep going down the list here. 317 Maple Drive, is that anybody's address here? 317 Maple Drive? Oh, 316. Sorry. <laughs> Missed it by one, didn't I? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's see here. Yeah, I... What's that? Keep, keep, keep on. Well, so 317 was, I just felt like there was someone in the household that didn't know God yet and that salvation was coming to the house. But, I mean, I know you're... Okay, so we just declare your mother-in-law is going to act 1631. She's all your household coming to salvation, including your mother-in-law. Amen. Yes, Lord, just do that. Ah. Yes, amen. I'll extend a hand to, hand to Eric just for the mo- Suzanne. We just declare that she is just going to, her day is coming, God, where she just, Opens her heart to receive you. Uh, Acts 16.31 for Eric's household. You will be saved, you and your whole household. That is, a, that is a promise of God for every believer. So we just declare that for her in Jesus' name. Thank you for it. Finally, um, is there fibromyalgia? Anybody struggling with fibromyalgia or shin splints? So if either one of those scenarios are you, go ahead and stand up. Shin splints or fibromyalgia? Okay, great. So this is where body ministry comes into play. We'll make this quick, I promise. So those that are nearby, just lay a hand on them and just begin to declare healing in Jesus' name. We just thank you, God, that by your stripes we were healed. So we command fibromyalgia to bow to the name of Jesus. We just command it to bow in the name of Jesus. We command it to leave these bodies. Because Jesus already bore fibromyalgia on the cross. This is an illegal transaction that the enemy has routed on this body. So we declare healing in Jesus' name and also to the shin splints. We command healing to those shins in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the release of your healing through the laying on of hands of the brethren here in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We receive it. So you may feel heat. You may feel electricity. Sometimes you feel nothing, and if you don't feel anything, that's okay because healing is often a seed form. Remember, Jesus cursed the fig tree, and nothing happened in the natural that he could tell until 24 hours later, it was dead. The, the, de- the life of that thing began to die the moment he spoke. So that's what we declare in Jesus' name. And then 
If you need a healing in your body, you just raise up a hand. I just want to pray for all of you that need a healing in your body. You just never know when there's a collateral blessing that can happen. So those that are raising their hand, Lord, you see them. I just pray the healing anointing would come on them. They would receive their healing. They would receive their breakthrough in the area that's been afflicting them in the name of Jesus, that it breaks today. God, we thank you. We just declare and receive your healing in these bodies. Do it, Lord. Let them begin to see improvement from this day forward. Let them begin to give thanks for the progress that they see. We just give thanks for the progress that we see. We know as we give thanks that more is given to us. And we're just going to track our progress, Lord. We're just, so I just encourage you folks to be looking and seeing the progress that you're making in this particular area. Write it down and give thanks for it. Because God loves you so much, He wants you completely whole. And He wants me completely whole too, amen? Amen, we receive it, Lord. Let's give thanks to the Lord just for His goodness. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. All the glory to you, God. Thank you for your patience and staying over a little bit. Eric, thanks for allowing that. And, and um, amen, I'm done.